You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message to listen to the latest stories and to leave a comment. Good morning, Dr. History. Good morning. <laughs> it would have been a little cold this morning, Zab. You know, isn't that funny about how our weather forecasts on our phones were so completely different yeah, there? Yeah, 19 Holy degrees out there. Versus six below on mine, which absolutely was, was wrong. wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we talked about Africa for a couple of weeks. Have you kind of got back in the pace over here? I have, and, you know, it's one of those things that the, the longer I'm home, the better experience that was. Really? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I look back at some of my pictures, and uh, me and my brother met. To which you didn't bring those pictures. I, I've got some on my phone. I, in okay. fact, I started to show Deanne, but I need to bring my, my iPad so that it's a bigger picture. Have you heard from any of the people over there? Uh, not really. My friend, that uh, Jack and his wife, I've heard from them a few I times, see. yeah. But none of the people none, at the villages well, or anything? No, or is they, it hard for them to make? It is, because they don't have electricity, I they see. don't have cell phones, you know. So, anyway. What are we going to talk about today? Well, I know that you're one of the, the more cultured people in our community. Well, I certainly <laughs> am. Well, I know that, and so I'm going to appeal to your sensitive cultural nature today don't, we're gonna don't push it buckwheat <laughs> and we're going to go into the poetry corner today oh to air yeah here we go divine. so i've got several poems and we'll just go till we run out of time okay i can't hardly wait here we go this first one is called the dude wrangler the the dude wrangler okay fire right. at will all right here we go I'll tell you a sad, sad story of how a cowboy fell from grace. Now, really, this is something awful. There never was so sad a case. One time I had myself a partner. I never knowed one half so good. We throwed our outfits in together and lived the way that cowboys should. He savvied all about wild cattle, and he was handy with a rope. For a gentle, well-rowing pony, just give me one that he had broke. He never owned no clothes but Levi's. He wore them until they were slick. And he never wore no great big Stetson, because where we rode, the brush was thick. He never had no time for women, so bashful and so shy was he. Besides, he knowed that they was poison, and so he always let them be. Better move on. Well, he went to work on distant ranges. I did not see him for a year. But then I had no cause to worry, for I knowed that someday he'd appear. One day I rode in from the mountains, uh, feeling good and stepping light, for I had just sold all my yearlings, and the price was out of sight. But soon I seen a sight so awful, it caused my joy to fade away. It filled my very soul with sorrow. I never will forget that day. For down the street they are come a-walking, my old-time partner as of yore. And although I know you will not believe me, let me tell you what he wore." He had boots outside his breeches. They was made of leather, green and red. His shirt was of a dozen colors, loud enough to wake the dead. 
Around his neck he had a kerchief knotted through a silver ring. I swear to God he had a wristwatch. Whoever heard of such a thing? Says I, old scout, now what's the trouble? You must have er, some, some loco weed. If you will tell me how to help you, I'll get you anything you need. Well, he looked at me for half a minute, and then he began to bawl. He says, bear with me a while, I'll tell you what made me take this awful fall. It was a woman from Chicago who put the sign on me. She told me that I was romantic and just as handsome as could be. Says he, I'm afraid that there ain't nothing that you can do to save my hide. I'm wrangling dudes instead of cattle in what they call a first-class guide. Oh, I saddles up their pump-tailed ponies. I fix their stirrups for them, too. I boost them up into their saddles, and they give me tips when I'm through. It's just like horses eating loco. You can't quit if you try. I'll go on wrangling dudes forever until the day that I shall die. So I drawed my gun and throwed it on him. I had to turn my face away. I shot him squarely through the middle, and where he fell, I left him lay. I surely hated for to do it, for things that's, uh, that's done you can't recall. But when a cowboy turns to dude wrangling, he ain't no good no more at all. <laughs> <laughs> so he shot his partner. Shot him! Because he... Went the the awful way. Oh man, he had on all the dude clothes yeah, yeah. and everything else. Okay, oh. so this is a story about a bear. A bear. A bear. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Now roping bears, says Uncle Sid, is sure a heap of fun, and a lot more gizzard thrilling than to shoot him with a gun. I roped a big old he one time when I was young and raw. He must have weighed five hundred pounds, and monstrous was his paw. He'd wandered out upon the flats for cow chip bugs and such. Them grubs and worms suit a bear like pretzels suit the Dutch. I pert near didn't catch him, for a bear can split the breeze, and your pony's got to wiggle if he beats him to the trees. But the roan that I was riding, he was tough and mighty fleet. He overhauled old Bruin, and my loop was quick and neat. It catched him snug around the neck, and when he hit the end... I heard the cinches stretching, and I felt the saddle bend. Mm-mm. My pony put the brakes on till he sure enough plowed the ground. It pert near made me sorry that there weren't no crowd around. <laughs> to watch a salty hand like me demonstrate my skill at learning Mr. Bruin to obey my wish and will. Come on, old bear, I hollered. You're a wild and woolly scamp, but I'm the apparatus that can lead you into camp. Oh, boy. At first, I feared the rope would bust. I'd lose him if, I, if it should. About a minute later, boys, I wished the heck it would. <laughs> <laughs> that bear reared up and popped his teeth. was like a pistol crack. Then grabbed my rope hand over hand and come right up the slack. I give a squall and swung my hat to slap him in the eyes. But a he-bear ain't a critter that is easy to surprise. My pony tried to quit me, but he had a bear in tow. And a clinging to the saddle was a load he couldn't throw. (laughs) He got a straddle of the rope, a log, a bush, a bear. He wallered on his haunches and he pawed the upper air. Old Bruin's jaws and paws and claws, they pert near had my skin. My rope was anchored to the horn and I wouldn't come undone. Seemed like we fought for hours, and I couldn't see no hope when Bruin bit my twine in two and quit us on the lope. 
You know, that bears a little discussion about, uh, you know, you see a lot of these old uh, Charlie Russell paintings and uh, old Western uh, portrayals of what it was like in the old days yep. and roping, whether it's bear or whether it's buffalo a deer or, what, or buffalo or whatever. Uh, one has to question the sanity of the thrower of the rope when it's tied hard and fast. <laughs> That's right. I mean, even, even an old, uh, old uh, steer can come back and oh. come after you. Some of the stories about Texas when they gathered those wild uh, longhorn yeah. cattle in the brush and how many of the cowboys, when they threw that loop, they almost wished they'd have missed. That's right. <laughs> okay, now this is a, kind of a love story, Zeb. Oh, I know you like those. Boy. You're going to get all gushy? I am. Oh, this is brother. called Jack Porter, Jack Potter's Courtin'. Jack Potter's Courtin'. Yep. Okay. So, Says now, yeah, now young Jack Potter was a man who knowed the ways of steers, from bird nests in their hairy tails to ticks that shod their ears. <laughs> a Texican and cowboy to the saddle bred and born, he could count a trail herd on the move and never miss a horn. But one day on a tally back on back in 1884, he got to acting dreamy, and he sure did miss the score. The old man knowed the symptoms. Jack, you ain't no good like this. I'll give you just ten days to go and find out what's amiss. Amiss was just what ailed him, for he'd fell in love for sure. Oh, boy. With a gal named Cordy Eddy, mighty pretty, sweet and pure. So now Jack rode a hundred miles, uh, sweating with the thought of sweet some words to ask her with the way a feller ought. I'm just a humble cowhand, Miss Cordy, if you please. That hereby asks your heart and hand upon my bended knees. It sounded mighty simple, thus rehearsed upon the trail. But when he came to Cordy's house, his words all seemed to fail. Mm. Twas, howdy, ma'am, and how's the crops? And how's your ma and pa? <laughs> For when it came to asking her, he couldn't come to ta. He took her to a dance one night. The hoss she rode was his. He's a dandy little horse, she says. Well, yep, says Jack, he is. They rode home late together, and the moon was riding high, and Jack, he got to talking about the stars up in the sky, and how they'd guide a trail herd like they do seagoing ships, but words of love and marriage, they just wouldn't pass his lips. So he spoke about the ponies he was riding, and he said, you'll note he's fancy gated, and don't never fight with his head. He's sure a little dandy, she agrees, and heaves a sigh. Jack says, why, you can have him, that is, maybe when I die. He figured she might savvy what he meant, or maybe guess, and maybe and give him that sweet answer that he longed for, namely, yes. But when they reached the ranch house, he was still a-wondering how. He would ever pop the question, and he had to do it now, or wait and sweat and suffer till the drive was done that fall, when maybe she'd be married and he'd lose her after all. He put away her saddle, let his pony to the gate. I'll reckon I'll be drifting, ma'am. It's getting kind of late. Her eyes was bright as starlight, and her lips looked like sweet flowers. Says Jack, now this here pony, is he mine, or is he ours? Our pony, Jack, she answered, and her voice was soft as moss. Then Jack, he claims he kissed her, but she claims he kissed the horse. (laughs) (laughs) Is that it? (laughs) That's it. You know, who wrote that poem? That was, uh, let's see, who was that? No, a guy named Omar Baker. Oh, Barker. Omar Barker, one of the best cowboy poets ever. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a whole book of all of his work? Well, this is actually 
I think you may have actually given me this. I did. Ago. You never gave it back. Well, you gave it to me. Oh, I guess it was a gift. <laughs> Christmas. Okay. Yeah, there's some good ones in there. Yeah. Really. All right. So this one is called How Many Cows? How Many Cows? How Many Cows? A fellow from town stopped by the other day. The talk that we had sort of went this way. He said, I've got something that I'd like to ask you, and if you know the answer, I'd like to know too. I want to be a rancher, and at prices today, how many cows would I need to make my living pay? Would a thousand cows be better than just one or two? Do you have any advice on what I should do? Now, that's a tough question, I'll tell you for sure. Not one that can be solved with any one cure. Machinery sky high, and so is the land, and interest rates are more than anyone can stand. And there's imports and embargoes and all the like. Remember now, as a rancher, that you can't go on strike. There's politicians, vegetarians, and ecologists, too, and a hundred government agencies telling you what to do. There's the cost of fuel and fences and labor and seed, and tools and tires and water and feed. There's always a horse needing shod and veterinary bills. I'm telling you, friend, ranching ain't all thrills. Starting early in the spring, you'll be calving all night. There's still feeding to be done, and the water's froze tight. Insurance and utilities are always going up. And remember, that wife of yours is about ready to pup. I assume that means to have a baby. Assume away. (laughs) The whole cost of operating hasn't yet reached a peak, while the price of beef is just pretty darn weak. So here's the answer to this little test. The man with the fewest is doing the best. Only he's not making more that you might guess. The fact is, my friend, he's just losing less. <laughs> hey, you know, one thing that we've talked about on this program uh, in the past was about the language that was used in the Old West. Some of the Western movies that Tom Selleck helped produce, uh, Crossfire Trail and some of the others like that, they tried to go really close to what the uh, clothing was during that period, what the tack and the, the saddles and everything, yeah. and the language. And really, in some respects, and I've heard this and I've read this, the articulation of the verbiage back in those days actually was a lot better than what we're using yeah. today. More clear. Absolutely. Yeah. More definitive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now this is one of my favorites. It's called reincarnation. Oh, what are you gonna come what are you gonna come back as? <laughs> you just wait and see. Oh. You'll see what okay. what we both might come back as. Uh oh, look out. <laughs> so it starts out. What does reincarnation mean? A cowpoke asked his friend. His pal replied, It happens when your life has reached its end. They comb your hair and wash your neck and clean your fingernails and lay you in a padded box away from life's travails. The box in you goes in a hole that's been dug into the ground. Reincarnation starts when you're planted neath that mound. Them clods melt down just like your box and you who is inside, and then you're just beginning on your transformation ride. In a while the grass will grow upon your rendered mound, Till someday on your molded grave, a lonely flower is found. (laughs) And say a horse should wander by. Here we go. And graze upon this flower that once was you, but now has become your vegetative power. Uh Well, the posy that the horse done ate up with his other feed makes bone and fat and muscle essential to the steed. But some is left that he can't use. And so it passes through. And finally lays upon the ground this thing that once was you. Then say by chance I wander by and see upon this ground. 
And I ponders and I wonders at this object that I found. I thinks of reincarnation, of life and death and such. And come away concluding, Slim, you ain't changed all that much. (laughs) That's a good one. I like that one. You know, when you get into a book like that, it's kind of hard to pick out the ones you like the best. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Isn't that sense of humor, though, and that writing style, it's missed. It is. It's It's missed. I I love this. My mother actually, uh, years ago, they had a poetry contest over in Jackpot. There was an author over there, and my mom actually won first prize. I I remember the guy that used to do that. Carl Hayden used to set that up. Yep, and my mom won first place over there. I knew him very, very well. He was a super nice old gentleman. Yeah. And your mom won first place. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I think we've got time for one, one or more. two more. Yeah, I okay. can hardly wait. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's see. This is called... Uh, let me see if... Uh, okay. Live radio. Do not pause. <laughs> do not pause. Okay, folks. Give me The squirrel fell off the cage there for a minute. Oh. Okay, here we go. This is called Young Fellers. A buddy and I left home one fine summer's day. Objective, a cow punching job. Found one putting up hay. We'd made it to Jordan Valley. Our finances were getting low. It was the 4th of July, and they were having a rodeo. Between us, we had enough for just one entrance fee. And so it was decided the participant would be me. I picked bull riding since I'd rode a few milk cows while was stretching it a little, uh, about as much as the law allows. We camped out the night near the rodeo ground with nothing to eat but... Thinking our fortune was found, we got up next morning. The day was bright and clear, and for breakfast we divided a can of lukewarm beer. Shortly things got started, and real festivities begun. I went to look for my bull. He was in shoot number one. Big, brawny, and brindle. A mean look on his white face and a huge hump on his shoulders. That sort of looked out of place. Finally, my turn came, and I crawled down inside. My short legs struck the straight out, his back was so wide. I pulled my hat down, took a big chew of snooze, which I assume is tobacco. Well, good assumption. <laughs> Last rap nodded my head, and they turned that old boy loose. He left the terra firma in one tremendous bound, and swinging his head from side to side, started gyrating around. At the height of his leap, he changed tactics and suddenly spun. And I sailed through the air like I had been shot from a gun. (laughs) I landed flat on my belly, my shirt tail hanging loose. My eyes were full of dirt, and I had swallowed all my snooze. (laughs) As I staggered to my feet, someone hollered, Look out! That old bull was heading my way. He meant business, no doubt. Now I'll never know how I made that top rail while the bull pawed dirt and fanned the air with his tail. He took after the clown, scattered the crowd, and as he left the arena, he was still looking proud. I rubbed a few sore spots, thinking there must be better ways. I'd had enough bull riding to last all my days. Well, I guess I survived, but please believe this narrator. The next rodeo I attend, I'll be a paying spectator. <laughs> paying spectator. Uh, I love that one. Now, who was the writer of that poem? That one is the reason a guy I'm... named R.O. Munn. R.O. Munn. Yeah. Does it give where they're from? It does not. Oh, no. okay. Anyway, that's... Uh... Hey, we got time. Have you got a real short one there? Real, real short. Uh, I... I... Don't. Well, I tell you what, um, we need to do more of this. Yeah, I'll, There's I'll a lot of good humor in the Old West. I'll, I'll do a few more of those. And <laughs> There's a lot. I, you know, Waddy Mitchell, is the, he's the first one I heard uh, yeah. uh, uh, do the reincarnation story. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
that just was always up. You know, there was a time, and it's kind of faded a little bit, and I'm not trying to cast any aspersions against it, but I absolutely support it. But the Cowboy Poetry Gatherings, they were really, really big. Now, do they not still do those? Yeah, they still do it down in Elko and other places. But at one time, even around here, you know, that was a lot of the talk, you know, of going around. And thanks for knocking the microphone (laughs) in my ear. (laughs) And uh, I think it's a great... It is. It's fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of an amateur poetry reader, but those guys, those cowboy, they can put, they can just make you right there with their poem and what they're talking about. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.